Hey guys, it's CS Joseph with csjoseph.life uh, doing uh, another episode, the final episode of season 16. This is probably one of the most asked about, most requested uh, lectures uh, I've ever done. It goes all the way back even to, uh, to February, um, or actually maybe March of 2018. Uh, as I was going through season three and uh, producing uh, various uh, lectures on uh, you know the specific types and I introduced the cognitive functions according to uh, John Beebe's theory for the first time around and uh, as a result of that I got a lot of requests uh, for the demon function and uh, what does it mean uh, how does it manifest where does it come from etc how does it work what does that mean for humanity at large, etc.? So these are the basic questions that I would get from the audience uh, over time. And uh, it's been a long time. We've waited till season 16 to hear about the demon function, and uh, it's finally time to do that. Now, a word of warning before we begin. Do not take this episode lightly, as I would hope that you wouldn't take season 16 lightly. Uh, season 16 represents some of my best work in trying to explain how cognitive functions work and what they mean, where they come from, and how their behaviors work, what their attitudes are. Uh, but this particular episode is probably going to be the most important episode of the entire season. And truth be told, while this is the final episodes of season final episode of season 16, um, we're actually probably going to be doing an episode 9 as a bonus later, uh, just as a, a follow-up uh, to talk about uh, cognitive rarity uh, amongst the functions, just to uh, show you which cognitive attitudes are uh, more common than the others, etc. But anyway, for the sake of today's discussion, we're going to be focusing on primarily the demon function. So this is season, this is season 16, episode 8, what is the cognitive attitude of the demon function? So, uh, strictly speaking, uh, cognitive functions and uh, where they come from, uh, etc., or at least cognitive functional theory, uh, at least initially started with uh, Carl Gustav Jung. He spoke about uh, the cognitive senses and cognitive senses, uh, which I kind of talk about, which are they're the same as cognitive functions, by the way, but cognitive senses specifically, uh, they are. Um, you know, more like spectra. Uh, I have uh, the episode in season one, uh, what is the eight cognitive spectra? So if you haven't seen that yet, I recommend that you do uh, check that out. Uh, definitely something worth uh, taking a look at. So, but yeah, um, this is the uh, second episode or lecture I've ever shot in the studio. So let's just kind of see how it goes. And uh, the first one where I'm standing in front of the uh, whiteboard also, I'm filming this in uh, 1080p instead of 1448, uh, 1440p. Uh, I think it will work out. I'm not really sure, but uh, and I think the sound is pretty good, but uh, hopefully the video works out for us and everyone can read this. The positioning of the camera like took forever to do, but it is what it is. Uh, another word of warning, this lecture is probably going to be one of the longest I've ever done. So. Uh, Understand that if you just watch a small bit of it, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, that's fine if you're good to go on that, but uh, I really recommend seeing this one all the way through. I would estimate probably an hour and a half on this one. 
I'm not entirely sure. We'll see what happens. But we have a lot to cover because quite frankly, this is uh, one of the least covered topics in the MBTI blogosphere, etc. cetera. Uh, not very many people understand the demon function or where it comes from or what it's for and how it can be used and uh, you know the dangers as well as the benefits, et cetera, of having such a cognitive function within our uh, uh, mental functional stack, within our souls and whatnot. So just to give you an idea uh, about where that's coming from, um, we're definitely uh, going to jump in. So anyway, with that being said, let's just dive into the lecture uh, right now uh, and uh, get it going. So kind of had to add you know, a little bit of blood here for effect, et cetera. Uh, because, I mean, why not? It is the demon function, right? So, but yeah, uh, so uh, before I begin, uh, remember John Beebe, Dr. John Beebe is the uh, number one source material other than Carl Gustav Jung, who spoke about cognitive senses. Uh, and then we have uh, John Beebe and his work relating to cognitive functions and his collaborations with various psychologists over uh, the last uh, century, I guess, uh, within the 20th century and this century and whatnot. But, uh, just to kind of give you a good idea on that, I am going to be posting some of his books on our um, our book page at csjoseph.life. Just go to the book section, you'll see some books. So if you want to get interested in some of the material and read some of the material for yourself, you will be able to do that just fine. Uh, but yeah, it definitely comes from John Beebe. And another word of warning, I'm going to be covering some content from Dr. Jordan Peterson in this particular episode. Yes, it's no secret that uh, I am one of uh, Dr. Peterson's critics. Uh, but the thing is, is that I have to give credit where it is due because his book, 12 Rules for Life, Chapter 7, uh, the rule for life known as do what is meaningful uh, versus what is expedient is absolutely critical to uh, this lecture specifically because I haven't uh, really met somebody or at least read somebody uh, you know, in, in the psychology area who has accurately, as accurately portrayed uh, the demon function uh, more so than Dr. Peterson. So it's really uh, a big deal to me to have that opportunity to talk about uh, some of his work and how it relates to the demon function as we know it, etc. So, so yeah, just, just a couple of things in terms of the source material that I'm using here, as well as uh, some of the things that I have developed, as well as uh, the content that I was uh, conferred upon my mentors as well. So <coughs> definitely a lot, uh, a lot to cover here today. So we're definitely gonna get, get down to it. So. Anyway, the demon function. Which types have demon functions? Well, literally all of them. Every type has a demon function. It is the eighth cognitive function in your functional stack. Start with the hero, then you have the parent, then you have the child, then you have the inferior slash uh, aspirational, then you have the nemesis slash the ally. Then you have the critic function, and then you have the trickster function, which we covered last time in this season. And then at the very bottom, we have the demon function. It is the lowest awareness. It is the lowest awareness, and it is uh, five frames a second. At least that's our placeholder awareness for the uh, cognitive spectra that, uh, you know, in terms of that uh, lecture that I did on the eight cognitive spectra, five frames a second. But sure, that's, that's nice and whatnot. The thing about the demon function, while it is the lowest... Um, while it is the lowest awareness in the, uh, in the mind, in the human mind, uh, it's also the most powerful. It's the absolute most powerful, most dangerous uh, force within the human mind that exists. It's absolutely uncontrollable. Uh, it is uh, chaotic. It is very dynamic. And it literally has the power to kill, uh, murder, uh, rob, destroy. I mean, kind of like... Uh, you talk about uh, 
you know, people have said that the, that the devil himself is the uh, is always seek is like a roaring lion uh, and about to rob, kill, and murder and destroy. That's literally the purpose of the demon function, right? Sort of, but we'll dive into that a little bit more. But yeah, it, it really comes down to uh, that the superego itself. That's what that's what the demon function is for. It's it's a gateway into the superego. So remember, we've talked about gateway functions. There are four gateway functions. The first gateway is the hero function. That's the gateway into the ego. And then we have the second gateway function, which is the inferior function. That's the gateway into the subconscious. And then we have the third gateway function. That's the nemesis function. That is the gateway into the unconscious. And then we have this the final gateway, the fourth gateway, which is the gateway into the superfluous ego, also known as the superego. Why is that ego superfluous? Well, a lot of people have various theories and whatnot, but the theory that I like to put forth is something that comes out of Paradise Lost, uh, John Milton's book. If you haven't read Paradise Lost, you probably like should read uh, Paradise Lost because it's the dopest, like it's absolutely the dopest. Definitely, definitely check that book out if you haven't read it already. But, uh, John Milton uh, talked about how, you know, when mankind and, and sin nature came in, because that's what like most religious circles consider sin nature, it's literally the parasite, also known as the demon function. The demon function is the source of the human condition, the source of sin nature within the human soul. It is the source of the, the evil that uh, all man evil, all evil within mankind, etc., that they have within our souls, man's propensity to do evil comes as a result of the demon function, right? And that's where it comes from. So, so John Milton, within his story, he talks about uh, you know Adam and Eve uh, and the fall of man, the creation story, his interpretation of the creation story, and uh, as a result of reading his work, I, I came to the conclusion that the superfluous ego itself, basically. It, it's an extra ego, and we can see it right here. Here's the four sides of the mind. The superfluous ego is down here. Here's the ego. And Martin Luther basically said that sin nature, you know, the demon function, is when the self bends in on the self. The superego is trying really hard to replace the actual ego. It's trying really hard to bend the ego down to it so that it can replace and become the main actual ego. It wants to replace the ego. And that way, this person is demon-possessed when that happens, and they are functioning as their superfluous ego, as their ego. And that is their main mode and function where that happens. Let me give you some examples of some people where that actually happened. Um, I think uh, Eric Harris, uh, one of the shooters of the Columbine, and according to Dr. Peterson in his book, 12 Rules for Life, especially Chapter 7, uh, it talks about how Eric Harris you know, was the, one of the more articulate of the two shooters uh, between Dylan Klebold and himself. And uh, he talked about how he has a hatred for being. He has a hatred for reality, right? Because he got that depressed. He got so depressed that he went right into his superego and his superfluous ego replaced itself with his ego, basically, which caused him to commit mass murder, essentially. And that's because people in that mindset basically when they had the superfluous ego taken over their ego they're willing to commit mass murder why is that it's because they hate being itself like to be right the verb to be right uh estar or uh, you know like <laughs> that's a spanish one uh one of them anyway uh there's multiple to be's uh, every now and then but uh, but the point is um it's really important to understand that being itself uh it goes even further than that. And, that. and that's really what the demon function is all about. It's the story of being, right? It's, it's, the, it's the whole point because we, we, 
you know, there's, there's one universal truth that everyone can agree on. Life is suffering. Life, the whole purpose of life is for us to suffer. That's the whole point. And, but why? Why are we suffering? I maintain it's because we're trying to create within ourselves uh, diamonds. Our souls are being molded by the pain of life, basically, by the pressure and the heat and the difficulty of life as we know it. And it molds our souls into diamonds. And, and, and we, we are basically diamonds at that point, literally becoming jewels, essentially. Uh, I mean, cue up that Rihanna Diamond song right now. I mean, if you haven't done that already, you probably should. But, but yeah, that's the main point. But it really comes down to being the story of being. And that's what the demon function is all about. It's about mankind's uh, path of discovering their being, who they are, why they are. And then as a result of that, what are they going to do with that? Are they going to hate existence? Are they going to hate reality? Are they going to try to burn it down and take everyone down with them? Right? Uh, another example of this, another example from uh, Dr. Peterson, he talks about how an American soldier is given a tour of hell, basically. And, uh, you know, they, they say these big boiling, boiling cauldrons of different soldiers in the war uh, during World War II, etc. And how there's like a Russian cauldron and there's, there's demons on the edge of the cauldron keeping the Russians burning inside of this cauldron, right? And then they, they go to the French ones and the British soldiers. And the last cauldron they come up to is the Russian cauldron. And the American soldiers asking, well, why aren't there any demons preventing the Russians from out? You know, and uh, the tour guide, which is the devil himself, says, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't need to spare any demon staff uh, to keep uh, those, those Russians from getting out. Because uh, every time a Russian gets close to the edge, another one of them pulls them right down. See, that's, that's, that's the whole point. That's why someone like Eric Harris can commit mass murder because... Everyone that gets to the point where they hate being, where they hate reality, and they engage in their, super, their superfluous ego, they not only want to destroy reality itself, but they want to take everyone with them. And they end up becoming, har they end up becoming harbingers of death, right? And that's what the superfluous ego is when it's utilized in an unhealthy way. The thing is, it's insanely easy to use in an unhealthy way. Why? Well, because of power. The demon function is the most powerful of all of the cognitive functions. It has the most power. It has the most capable. It is like the nuclear option. I've talked about it before. It is a nuclear option. And that much power, well, it corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Well, that's what it does. And it's so easy for people to make the Faustian deal with the superego, the Faustian deal with the demon function, to gain power quickly, expediently. When they have that power, they're able to basically get their objective done. But at what cost? What cost? You know, they have to make these insane, you know, and if they're not really making sacrifices to gain power later, they're making that ultimate sacrifice there in their Faustian deal. And it won't be fair for them. So they may as well take everyone down with them because the result of that Faustian deal, well, they're doomed anyway. They've already forfeited their soul, right? That's the whole point. But let's look at this from a functional analysis point of view with the, uh, with the 16 types. So these right here are all demon functions. We have TI, also known as logic, FE, known as ethics, FI, known as morals, TE, also known as rationale or beliefs, introverted sensing or SI, which is pa the past, duty, long-term memory, access, Extroverted intuition, also known as NE, which is metaphysics or fate awareness. NI, introverted intuition, which is willpower, desire, 
passion, one's own personal fate, one's own personal future, whereas extroverted intuition is the collective fate. Then we have extroverted sensing demon, which is about physics. Physics and reality, right? And uh, reality itself, and how uh, these two types can bend reality to their will, which is ENTP, ENFP, for example. So uh, let's, let's look through the types. Um, so ISFP, INFP have TI demon, introverted thinking demon. Uh, ESTJs and ENTJs have FE demon, uh, extroverted feeling. ISTPs and INTPs have introverted feeling demon. ESFJs and ENFJs have extroverted thinking demon. INTJs and INFJs have introverted sensing demon. ESTPs and ESFPs have extroverted intuition demon. ISTJs and ISFJs have introverted intuition demon. And ENTPs and ENFPs have extroverted sensing demon. Wow. So yeah, everyone's got a demon function. It is an issue. But what is the demon function used for? Why does it exist to begin with? Well, it really comes down to the fact that one day humanity just randomly discovered, however you want to figure that out. I mean, there's definitely a story put forth uh, on that through Islam. There's a story put forth through that for Christianity and Hinduism or whatever belief system. I'm not here to sell you on religion or spirituality. I don't care, right? The point is, we need, this, is this is still an issue. Regardless of whatever your culture is or where you come from or anything like that, it's really like, this is everyone's problem. It doesn't matter. This is everyone's problem. This is a huge issue. Because when you have people like Eric Harris, who are able to make that Faustian deal and trade places with their superfluous ego and become demonic possessed to the point where they're able to commit mass murder and murder not just children, but fellow children. Children killing children, right? Wow, our society, wow, wow, like horrible. But that's literally the power of the demon when it's unchecked, when it's unkept, when it's not in its cage, and it'll come out, right? See, that's the problem. If it's in its cage too long, though, it also gets stronger and stronger and stronger, and it will come out of its cage randomly. This is why it is impossible, as Carl Gustav Jung said, and it was also in Dr. Peterson's book, I can't just order myself to behave one way. We even rebel against our totalitarian selves. I can't just order myself to eat right. You know, I can't order myself to show up to work on time. I, you know, there's a lot of things I can't do, right? And there's a reason for that. The reason is, is because the demon function, the demon function knows what it's going to do, knows what, it's want, what it wants, and it knows that it wants to replace the ego within the human mind. So where does this come from? It comes from the human vulnerability. It comes from, quite frankly, the inferior function. Because think about it, you have your hero function, right? And then it gets paired up with the ally, the nemesis function, and they're at odds with each other, but when the external forces come to attack, they actually can band together and become allies and you know, fight off the invaders, like Superman and Lex Luthor, fighting off aliens, for example, invading Earth, right? Even though they're mortal enemies, right? It's the same kind of thing. But the inferior function has a similar relationship with the demon. The inferior function is a person's vulnerability. It is where a person's vulnerability exists. This is why you can easily take advantage of somebody in their vulnerability. If you know their vulnerability function, their inferior function, you can social engineer them. You could take them down. You could expose them. You can cause them to hate you forever. Oh, wait a minute. Don't you remember when I'm talking about the inferior function in season 16, episode four, where I'm talking about how 
mess with the inferior function at your apparel. It's because it causes hatred and bitterness. There's a reason for that. That's because of the demon. The demon is actually somewhat linked through cognitive orbit to the inferior function. Vulnerability breeds demonic evil. The fact that we have an inferior function itself, the fact that the human, the human race or that mankind is aware of its own vulnerability. We are aware that we can get cold. We are aware that we may not be able to breathe all the time. We are aware that we need to eat food. We are aware that we need to drink water. We are aware that we need gravity, right? A lot of people don't really list that amongst their needs, but yeah, I need gravity, you know, heat, etc. We have a lot of needs and those needs need to be met or we will die because we understand that we are mortal, right? We understand our vulnerability. And when it comes to that and there's scarcity around, we have competition, right? We have competition. And then also there's our, our fellow man trying to get an edge over us as well. This breeds demonic evil because it's like, how dare my fellow man take advantage of my vulnerabilities? And then all of a sudden that bitterness comes, right? And then the desire for vengeance, the desire for um, um, you know, justice in that regard, it, it, it could get pretty bad. The, the desire to attack humanity's desire for being itself and surrender to absolute chaos, that's a problem. Because the demon literally is the agent of chaos within our soul, right? Whereas, you know, cognitive functions themselves are mostly um, yang energy in general. Yes, some are more yang, some are more yin individually, but put together, it's still a very yang construct because it's very firm. It's something that is standing up outside of the chaos, right? Because if it was chaotic, it'd be a lot different. Our cognition is yang. It's not chaotic. That's why it didn't like come as a result of, you know, chaotic mutation as, uh, you know, people would assume with uh, their interesting arguments about the origins of our species. That's not necessarily true because we still follow this construct all the way through. Now, there are people that can make various arguments to that, and that's fine. And even Dr. Peterson goes over that in chapter seven as well. Fair enough. But for the most part, we're still following the structure all the way through. Anyway, once a superfluous ego takes over for the ego in this slot within the mind, it literally is demonic possession. Because when someone is that vulnerable and they have no other options, they have no options. It's like, I still would like to be, I still would like to exist, but my needs are not being met no matter what. I am under some huge stress, some huge abuse. Where is that person gonna go? Well, they can't go to their, their ego anymore I mean, what if they're an abusive family, right? What if there's already somebody in that family with that ego, right? Oh, that's a problem, you know? What if there's someone in that family who already has a quadra, the same quadra? Wow, that's a problem, right? So I'm gonna go to my subconscious to try to solve the problem of all my abuse in my life, right? Oh wait, that doesn't work either, crap. Okay, I'm gonna go into my unconscious. Well, maybe they could have gone their unconscious first or maybe they could have gone to their subconscious, right? Oh, but none of these work. In fact, all three of these don't work. So what's left to do? The only option then is to make a deal with the devil, quite honestly. And that's what happens. The Faustian deal comes, right? And the Faustian deal is basically demonic possession. The superfluous ego will switch places for the ego, you know, and then it's like, oh, it's temporary, right? It's temporary, right? I'm gonna pull you, like, I'm gonna switch places with you so you could take over, kind of like, you know, Naruto and the QB. The QB is like, you know, a demon, a demon fox nine tails, right? It's a demon and he trades places with the demon, right? Wow, that's a very Faustian deal. Yet it somehow works out for Naruto. I wonder why that is. 
We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, actually. But think about it. If you remember, uh, and yes, I am talking about an anime, and it is what it is, but just, you know, bear with me here. So this character, Naruto, very wimpy kid, had a demon saw, uh, a sealed inside of him, basically. And uh, uh, Kishimoto, the writer of Naruto, did a very good job uh, explaining this archetype. But uh, he's a weak kid, and somehow the demon just spills out from him, and then the demon comes out at random. It's not very controlled, and just destroys everything. There's even a time where he gets to a point where he sees the, the woman that he loves but won't admit to himself that he actually loves her yet. She's some INFP chick and like his mortal enemy who also happens to be an ENTP. Kind of interesting how that works because Naruto is actually an INFJ. Yes, and for all of you triggered right now for me saying that Naruto is an INFJ, get over yourselves. Like seriously, get over it. But the point is this INFJ guy, with the demon uh, uh, sealed inside of him, gets stabbed repeatedly and then he's like, he's like dying and then he watches like his girl get killed too. And you know what? It is? He's like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care anymore. Burn it down. Goes right to the demon, pulls the seal off, and says, "I'm all or I'm all yours." And the demon comes out and just absolutely dominates everything. But at what cost? Destroys everything around him. Destroys literally everything. Maybe in the rest, the, the whole countryside. And it, <coughs> that fight was pretty rough. Like, so much collateral damage. Absolutely crazy Faustian deal. And it wasn't until he worked very hard to develop the other sides of his persona that he was actually able to finally reach the point where he could not just control the demon, but be in relationship with the demon, where the demon ended up stopped being a demon, but the demon actually became an angel, a guardian angel. Whoa. Yeah. See, the demon, there's more than meets the eye. Cognitive orbit. So if the inferior function is ignored, so for example, let's talk about ENFJs and ESFJs. Um, they have TE demon. How does TE demon come out? And I, I like starting off with this type. I know we got other types to cover, but let's start off with this type to go. TE demon. TE demon's like, it's, it's pretty rough. Uh, TE demon is like, well, if no one's going to listen to me, then no one is gonna get listened to. That's kind of where it, where it comes from. It will shut down all communication, complete, communication shut down because unless I get my say, no one gets their say. And if no one gets their say, well, that's too bad for them. If that means that because they're not able to defend themselves because they can't say because it's my turn to say, but no one's listening to me, well, they all get to go to the dumpster and they can all burn in hell for all I care, right? See, that's a problem, right? Why does that happen? Because when the inferior function, because they have TI inferior, and to make TI inferior happy, you have to give them their day in court. You have to listen to them. You have to listen to what they think, even if they're wrong. Even if they're incorrect, you still have to listen to them because the act of them talking about it and bringing it out of them makes them feel justified, makes them feel loved, makes them feel care about because, wow, other people value me enough that they are listening to me. That's what these types need. But if that need is not being met, guess what's gonna happen? The TE demon's gonna come out. I'm not being listened to, no one's gonna be listened to until I have my say. I ain't listening to anyone until I have my say. And if no one's gonna continue to listen to me, sorry, I'm just gonna have to crush them. Because like, you know, the law is the law, the rules is the rules. And you know, because the law is blind and if that means you get thrown in prison for all I care, I don't care, you didn't listen to me. 
I can't be there to care for you because you didn't listen to me. If you only listen to me, literally TE Demon is walking around going like, I told you so, bro, I told you so. It's like literally, mister, I told you so. And it gets them to a point where they're literally heartless. They don't care because they were not listened to. And they will light everyone on fire. Everyone that they cared for before, they had that structure, right? TE, demon, it's about structure. And it will rip the structure out from other people that they've cared for such that it's like pulling a chair out from somebody. That's literally the ESFJ, ENFJ way. All that structure, that support structure that they built for those people in their lives that are close to them, all of that gets demolished. Pop! And, you know, all those people fall to their deaths. Literally, how TE Demon works. All because they were not listened to. Let's go further. Let's go for ISFP and INFP. Oh, so moral, such great people, such good people, guys. Yeah, and, uh, you know, all about what other people think, etc. But, you know, if they haven't been given the opportunity to do the research, if no one thinks highly of them, if they're not able to provide input, because that's what TE Inferior is all about. TE Inferior wants to provide input, right? But again, no one is allowing them to provide input. No one cares about their opinion. No one values them. No one wants to hear it. They just think that they're stupid. They just think they're, they're worthless. They just think they're, they're airheads, right? These FI heroes, right? Well, if everyone thinks that, fine. We're going to do what I think from now on. Because I've been around here waiting and managing your guys' thoughts and doing all these things for you and making sure that you're organized and I've been doing all this, but what value is it to you? Absolutely nothing. Why do I care? Why do I care? Oh wait, I don't. Because now we're just gonna do what I think and what I think goes from now on, right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> what they think, demonic thoughts, it's explosive absolute total devastation to their relationships so like like imagine um like intp demon you know engineering a solution like utilizing the truth as a big weapon to burn everything right uh, to, to and they they design the ultimate mega weapon right and then they use that mega weapon to just absolutely obliterate existence or the or the in the infp um which is the ISTP, you know, similar approach, right? They create the ultimate trap and that trap will, will consume everyone. It's like, it's like literally summoning forth the pit of Sarlacc from uh, uh, Return of the Jedi and then tossing everyone inside the pit of Sarlacc because that monster just consumes everybody because it's like the ultimate trap, right? Because it's the truth. And it's like, I've been bogged down by everyone else's dogma, everyone else's rules, everyone else's thinking, and I have gone out of my way to do the good thing and do the right thing by you people, but you won't even listen to me, right? You won't even allow me to provide input. I don't even get to have an opinion here because you just automatically label me as someone who's stupid, right? And you don't even value what I'm doing. You don't value my input, so fine. We're just going to go with what I think is true because Obviously, you all don't know what you're talking about, so I must be the only one present who knows what they're talking about, so we're just gonna go with what I think, right? And then, boom. yeah, real bad, real classy. That's very helpful. You've never seen abuse like that. And then there's the ESTJs and the ENFJ, uh, ESTJs and ENTJs. 
Remember, vulnerability breeds demonic evil. They're vulnerable. Where? With their FI inferior. And their FI inferior is like, I'm afraid if I'm a good or bad person and whatnot. Okay, yeah, sure. Afraid if you're a good or bad person or not? Fine. Well, that's the issue. Not exactly ideal, right? Not exactly ideal. So, what do you do in that situation? What do you do in that scenario? Well, since no one thinks highly of them, since no one, no one, uh, I mean, they, they're consistently made to feel bad all the time. They're, they're surrounded by people who are like, I think you're horrible. I think you're selfish. I think you're greedy, right? So why bother? Why bother showing that they're a better person, right? As a result, well, if no one's going to care about me, I certainly ain't going to care about anyone else. And it's just literally me, 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 right? It's all about my way or the highway because no one here is going out of the way to make me feel good about myself so no one gets to feel good about themselves. That's the F.E. demon. No one gets to feel good about anything until I feel good first. And then maybe we'll even discuss it. Maybe we'll come to a conclusion as to whether or not you get to feel good, but I get to feel good. But no one is doing that so no one feels good, right? And then they go out of their way and that's why oftentimes ESTJs and ENTJs are often accused of being, well, not the best people, right? Often accused of being, well, heartless, right? Uncaring, abrasive, because it's not their job to make you feel good. It's not your, their job. It is our job to make them feel good about themselves. And then as a result of that, you see this amazing moral behavior come from them such that they're insanely, like for example, the ENTJ, they're very, very generous, right? Or, um, or then the ESTJ, they start producing huge amounts of philosophy, right? It's philosophy that could change the course of the fates of human beings around them for the better. Oh, but that'll never come because no one thinks that they're a good person. Everyone thinks they're just really selfish or they're bad people or they're greedy or whatever, right? Or they're chaotic. And then all of a sudden, well, no one, no one here, I mean, I must be a bad person and, and, and until I feel good, no one feels good. Sorry, guys. Boom. You know, and then FI Demon, ISTPs and INTPs with FI Demon. Gotta love that FI Demon. You know, like good luck trying to like get these people to like feel anything or actually behave morally because they're so fixated on making everyone else feel good. But if no one values them, no one validates them, no one gives them the recognition that these people who already have social anxiety because social anxiety is their vulnerability. They already have social anxiety. And because of that, and no one's like validating the extra hard work that these two types go for, well, screw it. I'm just going to make myself feel good because obviously why should I bother making anyone else feel good? I'm just going to make myself feel good. And then all of a sudden it just becomes like debauchery 101. And then it's like self-destructive. These two types very much know debauchery. You know, maybe the ISTPs drinking and doing drugs and, and hanging out the bar and having illicit sex consistently. And the INTP, what they're doing, well, they're just burying themselves in video games until they waste away. Those are just like loose examples, etc. But that's an issue, right? That's a major issue. How can we go further than that, right? Well, we can. So then we have the TE demon, which we already discussed, and then we have the SI demon with INTJs and INFJs. Gosh, the past, duty, honor, long-term memory. Wow, this one's a really rough one 
Introverted sensing is also linked to a person's health and their, their, uh, their capability. You know, in the INTJ and the INFJ, they seek to give other people good experience. They seek people who are loyal to them or people that they can cause them, those people and give them a good experience to cause those people to be loyal to them. And if they see no one being loyal to them, especially after all of that work that they put into getting into other human beings, right? And trying to cultivate those relationships, give those people a good experience to create and cultivate loyalty in those other people. But after doing all of that, those people betray them and they abandon them. Why bother? Fine, I'm just gonna be focusing on what gives me a good experience, right? And after they've had betrayal after betrayal after betrayal after betrayal after betrayal, they themselves, well, they become loyal to only themselves because no one else is loyal to them, which can lead to some of the ultimate forms of selfishness where they only look out for themselves, looking out for number one, everyone else is secondary. And it just becomes this repeat of clockwork orange over and over and over and over and over. Because from their point of view, they're meeting out justice. They're taking out their revenge on other people. All about justice and revenge. Because, hey, it's my duty now. It's my duty after you betrayed me to meet out justice upon you. And you know what? If that means I have to destroy the entire world to bring you to justice, so be it. I will. Because NI hero, I will. So be it. I will. Just to bring you to justice. And they'll destroy everything. And they do not care the collateral damage of all the relationships and the reputations and all the people around them, it doesn't matter, but they will get their vengeance. They will get their justice at every cost. And they will pay that cost for that Faustian deal when the superego takes over their ego. They will have their revenge. They will bring you to justice. They will make you pay. Yeah, pretty scary, you know, like, it's interesting, the audience recently, I, I post on Instagram, hell hath no fury like an ENTP scorned. Well, while I maintain that ISFJ subconscious and it's basically its desires for justice and vengeance could be unmatched because it's very aspirational with what it does and it can aspire in its vengeance, ISFJ demon and ISTJ, uh, and ISTJ demon through the INJ types, oh, definitely insanely powerful and what they can do would definitely cause way more damage way more damage but here's the thing the difference between an isfj and or, or um, the difference between an inj and an enp when it comes to si inferior versus si demon uh, terms of, of vengeance and whatnot and while they can cause a lot more damage uh with uh um, there's just way more collateral damage with it when it comes to the demon form of it versus the inferior form of it, right? So the inferior form, it desires vengeance more often is my point. That's why the penchant for vengeance is higher with SI inferior, but the damage done is absolutely like it's absolute desolation as a result of the demon function, right? It's just it's desired more often with SI inferior because of that injustice to get vengeance. But SI demon, while SI inferior is going out of the way constantly, 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 constantly for others, they don't have as high a penchant or desire for justice or vengeance, but when they do take it, it's, they're willing to destroy the entire world to get it. That's my point, because they hate being. The story of being is gone. 
and they're engaging in the power of the demon. They've made that Faustian deal. And then ESTPs and ESFPs. If you take away their freedom of choice, you know, they're NI-inferior because that's their vulnerability. They're, they just don't know what they want. But if you don't even give them a choice at all, guess what? Nobody gets a choice. Nobody gets a future. Nobody gets a good time. Burn it down. If I don't got a choice, you sure in hell is hell not getting a choice either. Mark my words. That is the SE hero way when it comes to expert intuition demon. ESTPs and ESFPs will burn it all to the ground and they'll burn everyone's future to the ground. Everyone's. Because, well, if you're not giving me a choice, you sure as hell ain't getting one either, bro. And then they'll just start burning it. You have a future, <laughs> you don't have a future anymore. And then they're just gonna beat it to a pulp to the point where they're literally providing death. They are harbingers of death so that nobody has a future anymore. That's a problem. And then we have ISTJs and ISFJs with introverted intuition demon. And it's like, hey, I'm pretty afraid of what you guys intend. I'm not really secure with what you guys want to do with where you're taking this, etc. That makes me scared. That's a problem. I'm not sure I can get behind that. Okay. Yeah. See, that's an issue, right? Because no one's actually shared their plans or their intentions with these people ahead of time. No one has just has shown desire for them. So you know what they do? They just focus all their desire on themselves. Remember Martin Luther saying that sin nature is the self bending in on the self? They just focused all their desire on them because, oh wow, no one else has passion for me? Fine, I'm gonna use all my passion for myself. And then here's another function that goes off in debauchery land, right? Definitely a problem, right? They become debauched or, um, and, uh, and, and insanely sensual because it's like, well, no one else wants me, so I have to look out for myself right now. I have to be passionate about me. I have to do what I want. And if that means I want to burn the world down in the process, so be it, I will get what I want. It's like the ultimate uh, child throwing a tantrum uh, in the candy store because his mother's saying he can't get the candy, right? And, uh, and then all of a sudden, well, the child just gets angry and angry and angry. I guess, or look at it this way, the Incredibles, you know, the child of the family, the Incredibles, right? He's got all the, like the superpowers in the world all at one time and it's like very difficult to raise. Imagine that child having a, a tantrum trying to give him, you know, when he didn't get the candy that he wanted at the store. Well, guess what? That's literally N.I. Demon. Like seriously, it's like the high chair tyrant. It's gonna burn everything down because it didn't get what it wanted, right? Because no one else wanted them. No one else wanted to share experiences with them. So fine, I'm gonna go find experiences that I want to do. After all this, after waiting around for decades and decades for you to get it in your head that, hey, maybe you should have been interested in me and I was loyal to you this entire time, but instead of that, you decided to walk off with her or you decided to walk off with him after I worked so hard and I waited for you and you made promises to me and you said you wanted me, but you didn't. You betrayed me. So you know what? I'm just making about what I want from now on. And then SC Demon. My demon, my demon, expert sensing demon. This, this gives me, this keeps me up at night. I have this constant desire, this constant hatred of reality all the time. I hate the real. I absolutely hate the real. Why is that? Think about it this way. I have SI inferior, right? It is not my job 
because I have SE demon. It is not my job to make other people comfortable. It is not my job at all. It is actually everyone else's responsibility to make me comfortable, right? Oh, well, how's that gonna work? Well, I give them the choice. I give them the choice through any hero. Hey, you have a choice to make me comfortable right now, right? Oh, you're not making me comfortable? Well, as you turn around your back, here's the knife. You see what I'm saying? Oh, and that's betrayal, right? Like seriously, it's a problem. It's a serious problem. SE Demon just hates reality. It, it wants to burn the entire world to the ground. It is chaotic evil. It is Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. And as much as Michael Caine as Alfred talking to Christian Bale's uh, Batman in the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman film known as Dark Knight, and you have Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker, chaotic evil, he is an ENTP in ESFP demon mode. He has made the Faustian deal and the superfluous ego has taken over for his ego. And then Michael Caine turns to Batman as Alfred saying, some men just wanna see the world burn. Well, that's exactly what ENTPs and ENFPs are about because let me tell you folks, we definitely wanna see the world burn. You wanna know why I like to use a knife? Guns are too quick. You gotta savor the moment. See, that's because when SE Demon comes out, it wants to provide permanent damage. It is not enough for SE Demon when, you know, hey, no one's made me comfortable and I've been loyal to you forever and ever and ever, right? I've been loyal to you. I've lied for you. I've protected you. I've been there for you. I have been solid ground for you. I have always been reliable for you, but you betrayed me. You decided you wanted somebody else. You decided to abandon me. You decided that I wasn't good enough for you. You know what? Fine, screw it. I'm just gonna burn it all to the ground right now. It's not enough for SE Demon to just kill somebody because as Jim Carrey, you know, an ENTP said in Batman Forever, if you kill them, they won't learn nothing, right? Because guns are too quick. You gotta savor the moment. Yeah, you gotta savor the moment because, <laughs> see, that's why there's maiming laws. Did you know that if you maim somebody that there's actually a worse sentence than murdering somebody? Because maiming somebody, it's like you're cutting off their hand or you're cutting off their leg or you're flaying them. Kind of like, you know, Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones, literally cutting people's uh, uh, manhoods off consistently. Yeah, he's an ENTP with SE Demon. He hates reality. He absolutely hates reality. He thinks it's unfair that he was born a bastard and everyone is seeking to make him uncomfortable at all times. And then as a result of that, he just hates reality. So when he's given power, power by the demon, he just kills and kills and kills and kills. And, but he maims first and foremost. He takes away everything that would make that person happy and burns it right in front of them and shows it to them with absolute joy. Right? And in, like, for example, that letter to uh, Greyjoy's, uh, Theon Greyjoy's father said, oh, look, I just sent you Theon, little Theon's favorite toy, guys. You know, that's the SE demon, right? Because it is, it prefers to maim, not murder, to do permanent damage so that the victim always remembers for the rest of their existence, the rest of their reality, the rest of their physics, right? The rest of their reality, the rest of their existence, they always remember that it was the ENTP or the ENFP that did that to them so that they never forget forever. 
They never, ever forget. Because I guarantee you, the ENFP and the ENTP will never forget the suffering that that person caused them. So they use the power of the demon, make the Faustian deal, and they permanently damage that other person forever and ever. And yeah, you don't have an arm anymore, and you'll remember that it was me that took it from you, right? That's the power of the demon. That's the evil of the demon. And these are the demon functions, ladies and gentlemen. Unchecked, they will destroy the entire world. See, we already have enough problems. We have enough problems with the earth itself and all of its disasters and difficulties and the fact that the ground produces thistles or that women have birth pain issues, right? Not so much anymore. We have drugs for that now, right? Genetically modified foods, right? It's becoming easier and easier to be human, right? And less, less inhibitions that the earth provided, less obstacles that the earth provided, now is giving more and more time for our demon function, our superfluous ego, to exact its evil upon the rest of the earth and our fellow man. Dealing with the obstacles produced by the earth is one thing, but dealing with mankind's propensity to do evil because of the demon function is completely something else. This is why I maintain that it is not right for man to be immortal. At least not until we figured out how to deal with the demon function. Just like the transhumanists are constantly talking about. Oh yeah, man, we're going to upload our consciousness, you know. We're going to be immortal. Singularity is coming and we will be immortal as a result of technology. And I'm here to tell you folks, no. Not cool. Not until we, not until we understand the demon. So... That's where the demon comes from. Vulnerability breeds demonic evil. If the inferior function is ignored, it produces the demon. The demon will fight for the inferior if no one else will. And that's why people are willing to make the Faustian deal. That's why the Naruto's of the world are willing to rip the seal off of the, uh, off of the, the, the cage within their soul to let the demon out and take over completely, right? That's the problem, right? But then it goes further. Think about it. This is also absolutely necessary because we have vulnerability. It has to breed demonic evil. It has to, because here's the thing. If we as human beings, as sovereign human beings, are consistently kept in a vulnerable state and are consistently kept in the suffering against our will, where we have absolutely no option and our ego can't do anything, our subconscious can't do anything, our unconscious can't do anything, it is obvious we're going to go to our superfluous ego to try to get it out. And we make that Faustian deal. And then in the process, we are able to reset our life. Sometimes you just have to hit that life reset button because it's the only chance. It's the only chance you have. And yes, it may cause collateral damage. But let me tell you something. It can go way out of hand. Do you think Eric Harris, one of the Columbine shooters, saw it that way? Saw it as a life's reset button? No. It was mass murder. He killed many, many people. Dylan Klebold as well, right? They went demon mode together. And it wasn't about resetting their life. It was about causing as much damage. It was them against being itself. It was the superfluous ego telling the ego itself within, you are not allowed to exist anymore. I hate the idea of being. I'm going to destroy this reality as we know it. Yeah, not cool. The power of the demon is so powerful. It's so powerful, it just cannot be contained. It cannot be contained. This is why I tell people, you know, every now and then throw a few scraps to your demon because if you don't, it'll eventually get too strong because it's being ignored. It'll come out of its cage. 
How do you do that? Well, you make sure your subconscious is being developed. You make sure that people are meeting the needs of your inferior function and you are meeting the needs of other people's inferior functions. You have to do that. Those are, you have to be meeting those vulnerability needs. If you are not helping your fellow man through sharing or through a relationship to help them get past their vulnerabilities, you are just as bad. You are just as bad as those people that make the Faustian deal. See, everyone is responsible, not just those of us who are at risk of making the Faustian deal, but those outside of those who are about to make the Faustian deal. And if you are not going out of your way to at least assist people to grow their inferior function and help them aspire, that's on you, right? And you will be held accountable for that. That's a problem. That's a serious, serious problem. Why do we do the Faustian deal? Well, we do the Faustian deal because we don't have, a lot of us don't have choice. But here's the other thing. The Faustian deal, it's also the quickest choice, right? Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Quoting an ENTP, right? Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka. Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. Because when you're taking the liquor route, it's really quick. Just go right from the ego, right to the superego. That, I'm cool, man. We could definitely do that. Hey, you know, I'm the Israelites and I just got, I just did the Exodus thing. We just got out of Egypt. Let's go right to the promised land right now. But for some reason, you know, when we're following God's directions, he wants us to go over here and then go over there and then go over there and then go over there, go over there. It's going to take decades for us to get to the promised land, but the promised land is right there. We're just going to go right for it right now. Yeah, bad idea. It's not time yet. You want the power of the demon, right? <clears throat> yeah, absolute power, power that corrupts absolutely. You really want that kind of power, right? Well, you could take the quick route or you could take the long route. What is the long route? Because if you take the quick route, it literally is the gateway into hell, okay? You have to understand that being demon possessed, possessed by your demon function, it literally is the gateway to hell literally the gateway to hell where you're literally putting your mind your own mind into the underworld within yourself and you do not want to meet the man or the entity that runs the underworld see that's the thing that's the problem right think about it if you yourself are going like um it's actually brought up in dr peterson's book uh 12 rules for life chapter 7 he says you know um I think it was, he quoted Carl Jung when he said it, or maybe it was Dostoevsky, but I think it was Carl Jung. And uh, it goes like this, you know, for any, any man who's trying to reach the highest heights of heaven, you know, they're, they're this tree and they're trying to grow towards heaven. Well, then they also, their roots go, go into the depths of hell, basically. And that's what the demon function is, right? It is the most powerful function. It can literally has the potential to destroy the world. Don't believe me? Think about containment. Think about how important containment means, containment of knowledge, right? We've talked about this before. Nuclear energy, right? Very cheap source of energy. You just go mine uranium, although for some reason we should be using thorium because like it's cheaper, more plentiful. You can't make weapons out of it. And when it burns and it burns so bright, it actually like potentially could get rid of existing toxic waste. Just saying, maybe we should like look into using thorium. Hmm. But for some reason, we don't want to because we need to make weapons out of it, right? Because knowledge that lacks containment, this is also a very important part of the magician archetype, according to King Warrior Magician Lover by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. 
Because if you lack containment, guess what happens? Oh, nuclear weapons, right? Weapons of mass destruction, right? So nuclear energy, yeah, very heroic, yes. And then the demon's still there. <clears throat> Blows the crap out of everybody. Mass murder, mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction. It's a problem. You need to make sure that you recognize that the responsibility of any knowledge that we have as human beings, if we don't have it contained properly, if we're not exercising delayed gratification. <gasps> what? Yeah, see, that's the thing, guys. Jordan Peterson talks about this specifically. What happens to mankind when dealing with the demon function? And it really comes from this model. It's from the rule itself within chapter 7. And it's doing what is meaningful versus what is expedient. See, that's what the demon function is. It's a demon because mankind, we as mankind, are focused on doing what is expedient, right? What if when you're an ego and the ego is not working, the superfluous ego is not working, the unconscious side is, or uh, the, uh, the subconscious isn't working, or the unconscious isn't working, oh yeah, let's go make that deal with the devil, guys, and get what we want, get what we're going for, right? Let's make that Faustian deal, you know? Well, what could we do instead? Maybe there's another answer, right? How about meaningful? How about doing something that's meaningful, right? How about putting your life on the line? How about being able to make, be willing to make that sacrifice, right? As Jordan Peterson talks about. What does that mean? Well, let's use an example. Have you guys ever noticed that when someone wins the lottery, they get like addicted to cocaine or other drugs and end up dying early and end up in jail or whatever and committing crimes and just end up like statistically, who actually does great in their life after, you know, winning the lottery? Let me tell you something. If you give a man a fish, he's going to eat for a day. But if you teach a man how to fish, he's going to eat for the rest of his life, right? Think about that. If you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. If you, if, a man, if you give a man a lottery, if he wins a lottery, he's gonna eat for a day, right? He's gonna be rich for a day. And then all of a sudden, he's gonna lose it all. Why? Because winning the lottery was expedient. He did not earn it. How about instead of us making that Faustian deal with the devil, we just earn that power, that same power that he has, instead of making a deal with him to get it? How about we just earn that? Oh. See, if we earn that, we wouldn't have to deal with reality being destroyed. We wouldn't have to deal with p pushing all of our desires and our passions on ourselves. We wouldn't have to deal with the fact that we're going out of our way to destroy the fate of humanity as we know it. We wouldn't have to deal, or we wouldn't have to worry about uh, seeking justice, justice to the point of being willing to destroy the world in the process. We wouldn't have to worry about making sure that nobody has a voice anymore, right? We wouldn't have to worry about uh, debauchery and only doing, you know, if it feels good, do it, man. If it feels good, do it, right? We wouldn't have to worry about, you know, not giving a damn about how anyone else feels or any other human being. And we would not have to worry about basically going out of our way to make sure that only we are right and no one else's opinion matters no matter what. Right? We wouldn't even have to do that. We wouldn't have to delve into the power of the demon or whatever. We would have to make the Faustian deal. We wouldn't have to. Why? Because if we're doing what is meaningful, we can actually gain that power for ourselves. And then the demon function is no longer a demon. We actually turn the demon into 
an angel, a guardian angel, right? Where the demon's power is accessible to us at all times. And it's not just there to destroy. It's not just there to rob, kill, and destroy, right? As the devil is just a roaring lion waiting to devour who may come to pass, right? No. Where it's not a gateway into hell, it becomes a gateway into heaven, essentially. The superfluous ego. What it was meant for originally, the gateway into heaven. That's what it was meant for. But no, that was stolen from us because of expedience. If we're vulnerable, it's the easy path. It's the easy path to make that Faustian deal. It's the easy path to go right to the source of the power and gain that power for ourselves for a time. Imagine working hard and earning that power so that you get to have that power indefinitely, right? This is why I tell people, life is not about what is good or bad. Life is not about what is true or false. Life is about what is wise and what is not. Wisdom is the key because I tell you the truth. If you have wisdom, you can have anything. Let me say that again. If someone is going to offer me $200 billion right now or wisdom, what am I going to take? Oh, I'm going to take the wisdom. Do you know why? Because the $200 billion, that is the expedient route. I'm going to take the wisdom because wisdom is going to pay so much further dividends, right? I can literally have anything if I have wisdom, right? Wisdom is the key. If I can have that wisdom, I'll have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions, way more than that, maybe even a trillion. That 200 billion is not good enough. You see what I'm saying? In the face of wisdom. Because this way, going right to the superfluous ego, yeah, we're doing the expedient round. We got that 200 billion. I got mine, man, I got mine. Or we could do it this way. The ego starts to develop the subconscious, which is what happens in most third world nations, right? And then we have the unconscious, which is what happens and what's really being developed in modern society, first world society, right? Because we have a bit more maturity than we do you know, people in the third world nations, but the third world nation people are happier, right? But we have to do both. If we can actually obtain our happiness through the subconscious and obtain our maturity through the unconscious, and through the ego being developed and enriched as a result of developing our subconscious and our unconscious, then at long last, we can begin to develop our superfluous ego and delve into the power and the wisdom of the superfluous ego. John Milton in Paradise Lost, before Lucifer himself, you know, the angel of light, the angel of reason, right? The angel of reason before he rebelled against God, and started the rebellion and the war in heaven, according to John Milton's account. Now, when that happened, did you know like he was like blind, by the way, when he was like describing all of that? Pretty rough. Anyway, imagine that happening when these sides of the mind fully developed, fully integrated, fully united, and then are able to actually go to the superfluous ego and overwhelm the superfluous ego, where the demon no longer has any power, and the demon's temptations no longer have power. Because we can just go right to the superfluous ego and get bread, because we're hungry, we're starving in the desert for 40 days, we just go get bread, or we can give ourselves the riches, or we can throw ourselves off of a mountain and God will rescue us, right? Deus ex machina, 
Thank you, Jordan Peterson, for mentioning Deus Ex Machina. You know, that random divine force that rescues the hero. The cheapest uh, literary trick in the book, according to Dr. Peterson. Great. Great. Or maybe we're just standing at the highest point of the earth and all the kings of the earth and all their power is offered to us, right? That 200 billion is given to us right there. That deal with the devil. As long as you'll just worship me, you can have it all. And of course, he's told to go screw off. Go and go to the dumpster where you belong. I'm going to get my own dominion. I'm going to get my own kingdom. I'm going to figure out for myself. I'm going to earn it. I was actually... Um, I so was actually talking to a woman earlier this week. She said something super, super profound. Um, and uh, it seems like, you know, we're starting to, to, to become, uh, to become uh, decent friends and, and whatnot. But uh, she said something so profound. And it, it, it's about, you know, men. And she's like, you know, it would be nice if men would stop doing the expedient thing and trying to like constantly get with me all the time and it's always so superficial, maybe instead of being intimidated by me and what I'm doing and who I am and, uh, and, and my success, maybe they should be focusing on their success and positioning themselves for greatness, right? And, and building up their kingdom, building up their dominion, building up their wisdom, right? So then they can earn me and they won't feel insecure about it anymore. That's the difference, ladies and gentlemen. That's the difference. That's why we have to do what is meaningful and not what is expedient. We have to walk the path to integration and integrate our subconscious, integrate our unconscious. It's the only way we will be able to reach enlightenment. This is the path to enlightenment. You want to be enlightened? You don't have to make the deal, the deal with the devil to reach enlightenment. That's not enlightenment at all. It's deus ex machina. It's the cheapest trick in the book. What it really is, is that you are suffering every single day. And you know that you're vulnerable every single day. But you are going out of your way to help your fellow man with their suffering. They're going out of their way to help you with your suffering and vulnerabilities. And you are finally building yourselves up together as brothers, right? to reach higher heights together, united, to reach the promised land, the land flowing of milk and honey, the land flowing with wisdom, the ultimate rich, the ultimate riches, the ultimate treasure. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Is your treasure really that 200 billion? Is your treasure really winning the lottery someday? Wow, nice aspirations. Let me tell you about my aspirations. I'm trying to change the world here, okay? I'm trying to put a stop to fatherlessness. I know I can do it. I will do it. Until my last breath, I will make sure it comes to pass. And if not, then hopefully somebody else will take up this baton, this torch, and lead our race in that direction where I cannot. Maybe I could trailblaze the path long enough for them to get a nice running start and they could take it the rest of the way. I am a starter type after all. Perhaps a finisher will have to take it up and do it for me in the end. So be it. I'm not going to give up. Do what is meaningful, not expedient. Here's another example. 
Like say, let's say you're with a woman, right? And you're not sure whether or not you want to marry her, etc. And then, you know, well, I'm not sure she checks all my boxes or whatever, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of afraid of committing to her and whatnot. But you know what? Maybe she will check your boxes one day, right? If you focus on what is meaningful, help her check your boxes one day. That would be nice. How about you like help her check your boxes instead of just hoping that she's magically going to do it because deus ex machina, you know, deus ex machina where you're praying to God for a car or you're praying for whatever stupid thing, doesn't matter, you know? That's not what you should be focused on. You shouldn't be focused on getting a car randomly dropped upon you on the sky. It's kind of like that really terrible film about Noah. Wow, all this biblical stuff is just coming out. I mean, it kind of is a biblical subject, if you know what I mean. But it's kind of like this one uh, movie with Noah that they did like in the 90s, or maybe it was like early 2000s, I don't remember. And all of a sudden you just see lumber drop from the sky and Noah's supposed to build the ark out of this lumber. And I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's not how it works. By the sweat of your brow, you will toil and eat of the ground for the rest of your life. That's the point. We're supposed to toil. We have vulnerabilities. We are supposed to. And we guess what? We have to make sacrifices. Jordan Peterson talks about this. You have to make sacrifices in order to obtain the meaningful. And they have to be meaningful sacrifices where you're sacrificing the present so that you can have a better tomorrow. That's what I do. I work 16 hour days running this company, trying to get this content out to you, my audience, every single day. I work on it. There is not a single day where the sun does not go down and I have not made some kind of progress for what we're doing here and our mission. It is that critical, that important to me. One day, sure, if it brings in money, fantastic. And then I'll rest. But until then, knows the grindstone every single day. I am sacrificing my present for the sake of a better tomorrow for all of us. I am going out of my way to do what is meaningful. And so should you. Don't make the Faustian deal. Don't do what is easy. Just like Gandalf said in Lord of the Rings, right? Just like Gandalf said. One day it will come a day where men will have to sit down and make a choice between doing what is easy and what is right. That's the point. Delayed gratification. Sacrifice. Sacrifice that delayed gratification. Make that sacrifice. Sacrifice the present for the sake of a better tomorrow. Because if you don't, you will make that Faustian deal and you will be on the path to hell, and you will not be on the path to heaven or to a better tomorrow. Think of heaven as a better tomorrow, right? That's the promised land. That's the promised land. You wanna to get to the promised land, you gotta be willing to do the work. You gotta develop your subconscious. You gotta develop your unconscious. You have got to be able to do that in order to integrate and ultimately consume your superfluous ego and make it a part of you and you do it through wisdom and not through power. See, that's the difference. Because then that superfluous ego will change and that demon function will become an angelic function. And imagine what you can do with an angelic function. Imagine the world that you can change the angelic function where you literally have command of reality itself, where you are able to see and make your desires and your passions come into reality, where you're able to give other human beings a better future a better fate when you are able to bring real justice to the world 
justice that where justice is not blind, that kind of justice, that divine justice, ooh, you know, or where everyone finally is heard, everyone finally uh, uh, gets a say, and, not, and no one is left behind, no one is left out, a place where real moral principles finally dominate and everyone is able to partake in those principles and gain the benefits of those principles. Or a world where everyone is cared for. Again, no one is left behind, right? Or a world where truth exists and truth is the standard because the truth will set you free. That's the point, ladies and gentlemen. That is what we want. That is what we desire. That is what we need as a race, the angelic function. But the only way it's going to come is if we are willing to have delayed gratification. Because if we do what is expedient, if we give in to instant gratification, we are literally making a deal with the devil. We are making that Faustian deal and we are on the path, walking past the gateway to hell itself and entering into the underworld. And that underworld is here in our very soul. They talk about, there's this uh, one saying about how this man, he dies and, he, and, and apparently he thinks he's in hell and there's these angels around him and they're torturing him and they're beating him and they're lighting him on a fire and it's just absolute torturous. And then they're like, hey, you know, we're doing this to you because we got to burn the lies away. See what I'm saying? You're literally transforming, transmuting the demon function into the angelic function. Why? Because you did not do what was expedient. You focused on doing what was meaningful. You had delayed gratification. You developed your subconscious. You developed your unconscious. And then because of that, you were finally in a position to be able to integrate your superego and turn that demon function into a guardian angel, not just for you, but also for your fellow man. This is our responsibility. This is how we as human beings reach enlightenment, absolute total integration. And we do it without taking the expedient course. That's really the meaning of life, to do what is meaningful and not expedient, ladies and gentlemen. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube or uh, on the podcast. If you would like to support the channel, uh, we have a Patreon now, which is awesome. Uh, please uh, sign up for uh, Patreon. We have Patreon-only lectures, and uh, we're also going to be doing uh, any lectures I put out publicly will be available on Patreon first. Pretty dope. Uh, if you want to get on our Discord server for our Q&A sessions, the link is below in the description. Make sure uh, you check that out. Uh, we're going to be doing Q&As on weekends. Uh, if you want to be part of our meetup group, we have a meetup group tonight, actually, which I'm going to be at. Uh, that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, make sure you're available uh, for that as well. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and uh, if you have any questions about the demon function or the angelic function or, uh, or the guardian angel itself uh, as archetype within this cognitive function, leave it in the comment below and I'll definitely answer your questions. So thank you all for watching. This is kind of a more uh, difficult uh, lecture to do, especially with a lot of the uh, spiritual themes in it, but it is what it is. I, in order to actually uh, drive the point home, it's important that we understand the nature of the demon function and what it can do to us and how it can destroy the world, and then, but how it can also be turned into a guardian angel that can actually heal the world instead. 
And that is our responsibility. And that is why we are here to do this. Because remember, life is about suffering, right? And we are becoming diamonds. So let us work together to gain the wisdom that we need so that we can love our fellow man to make this world a better world and have a better tomorrow out for the next seven generations. That's what we're here for to do anyway. So anyway, thanks for watching and listening. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow night.